Welcome to Shouts of Grace Radio, practical conversations from God's Word hosted by Pastor Steve Pearson of Redemption Hill Church in Saratoga Springs. At Shouts of Grace Radio, it is our purpose to encourage you to see the Bible as God's source of truth for everyday life and grace as a foundation for a genuine relationship with God. Now, let's join Pastor Steve for today's conversation. Hey, welcome back to the program. We are so blessed that you can take some time out of your day and spend it with us. Um, We love uh, that you've uh, decided to listen to Shouts of Grace. And if you are a first-time listener, we want to say welcome and to also let you know, as always, that we have a website where you can go and you can listen to 132 past episodes, about three years' worth um, and that website is shoutsofgraceradio.com. That's shoutsofgraceradio.com. And there at shoutsofgraceradio.com, you can also drop us an email, a message, a suggestion, a rebuke, a correction. Just kidding. We don't we don't want those. <laughs> but seriously, um, we, we encourage you to go ahead and, and, uh, and check out that website. And if you're a return listener to the program, we want to say uh, first thank you. And welcome back. Um, we uh, we count on your listening support to uh, to to bolster the uh, the awareness of shouts of grace. And so, also feel feel free to share any of the episodes if if the Lord uses uh, uses one of the episodes to touch your heart. Um, and as you know, that um, shouts of grace here, we have different guests that sometimes are in studio, sometimes are on the phone, and we talk about a whole host of subjects. We talk about scripture. We talk about um, themes in scripture. We talk about things happening in our day and and how a biblical worldview can be applied in such a way to honor God. And so that is what we do here. And so in studio today, I have a familiar guest, uh, Pastor Mike Cunningham from Redemption Hill Church, also to soon uh, be at, uh, at some point here in the future, Grace uh, Grace Church, right? We're right. going to be planting that with you guys. And so um, welcome, brother. How are you doing? Doing great. Thanks for having me. Good. If if you live in Utah, you know that the weather is changing. And so, um, you know, we're, we're sweatshirting up. And if you live outside of Utah and you're in a warmer area, Thank the Lord for your uh, for your for your weather. But uh, today, what I wanted to do, Mike, is is I wanted to talk to you. Uh, I wanted to talk to you about something that I think exists in our world today. Pe- people have a misconception of what the gospel is to produce. I think a lot of times, you know, John three sixteen, and we put it on our eyes and we put it on the signs. You know, sports people do, and and it's just a great thing. And people, oh yeah, I agree with that. God so loved the world, you know, and and, and He gave His only Son, that whoever. Uh, we believe in him, wouldn't perish, but would, you know, have everlasting life. And so we just kind of put that places, you know, and, 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 and the gospel is something that people agree with, but, but the gospel doesn't have the end game to be that of just simply hearing it actually, it, it actually is to produce something right inside the listener. And so what I want to do is I want to look at what God expects, right? When, when God does a work, right, he does a work in a person's heart, um, you know, any work that God does in the heart of, of a human being is always preceded with the gospel, right? If it's gospel's the power of God into salvation. So if, if the gospel isn't shared, a person isn't getting saved, and a person isn't getting saved, the Holy Spirit isn't in them, refining them, working them, and making something honorable to God. The work of the Holy Spirit is from the outside of conviction. But when he comes in, that's when transformation starts to take place. But, but one of the first things that happens, a lot of times people downplay, you know, and that is this thing called repentance. Like somehow, you know, in fact, one of 
of the one of the critiques of of Christianity is, oh, well, you guys just believe you could do whatever you want to do, you know, and 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 unfortunately, that's not true. And so, what I want to do is, I just want to read a section of scripture, and then I want to kind of unpack it together. Um, in Matthew chapter eleven, verse twenty. Jesus uh, says, um, then he began to rebuke the cities in which most of his mighty works had been done because they didn't repent. Woe to you, Chorazin, woe to you, Bethesda, for if the mighty works which were done in you had been done in Tyre and Sidon, they would have repented long ago in sackcloth and ashes. But I say to you, it will be more tolerable for Tyre and Sidon in the day of judgment than for you. And you, Capernaum, who are exalted to heaven, will be brought down to Hades. For if the mighty works which were done in you had been done in Sodom, it would have remained until this day. But I say to you that it shall be more tolerable for the land of Sodom in the day of judgment than for you. And so, Mike, several times here, Jesus is is, is alluding to judgment that took place on something that the expectation was that if we read what happened to them and the mighty works of God are done in us and we don't follow suit or we don't repent for what we're doing, that that really the judgment that was done in them is actually going to take place in us. And so here's the question I have for you. why Why is repentance just... It's inseparable from the gospel. It's inseparable. You can't have the gospel without repentance. And is, is that true? Yeah. You hear people say things like easy believism is, you know, it's just, you just make a prayer, prayer, do what you want, get your fire insurance, move on with your life. And, and that's, again, adventures and missing the point. Uh, you know, they, it, while it's true, I mean, it is the object of our faith that saves us, not the, the power of our faith or the strength of our faith that saves us. Having said that, it's that object that is the, is the point of the gospel. There's a lot of people, they, they want to make it about them. God's forgiving me. I can pray this prayer. What's, what do I, you know, there's a lot of people who, when they come to the church or they come to faith, they're saying, well, what, what's in it for me? And, I, and so if I pray this prayer, um, can I just do what I want and still go to heaven? That was probably when I was in youth ministry. The number one question I got asked is, what can I still do and still be a Christian and not not have have you know a problem there? How you know basically are asking me what, how can I manipulate God's grace to suit my desires, my lifestyle? And I would always say, I think you've got the emphasis on the wrong person. You know, you that that is emphasis on you. You're you're the center of the universe. God is the point of discipleship. He is the one who saves, and He's the one who holds us accountable and has a, has expectations for us, and and therefore. You know, we have to align our thinking and our worldview to his instead of trying to fit him into our expectation. Yeah, that's right. In fact, it's funny as you're as you're mentioning that I'm I'm thinking back to and I just got saved and me and my wife, who was my girlfriend at the time, just gave our life to the Lord. And, you know, we were living like unbelievers and mm-hmm. doing everything. And so, on you know, on on Saturday, you know, on Sunday we get saved and all of a sudden everything we were doing on Saturday isn't permissible anymore. Right. <laughs> and so we actually I actually went up to the pastor after church on Sunday who was standing out front greeting everybody. And, and I just was honest with him. I walked up and I said, hey, look, I know I know we're uh, we're, we're Christians now. We're you know, we're, we're not allowed to do certain things. But but what can I do? You know, and he just kind of looked at me and. You know, he looked at her and he said, well, you need to treat her like your sister, you know? And I was like, oh, okay. But, but you're right. I, I was looking, what I wanted is I wanted the best 
of what I thought both worlds, you know, were. And that is, I, I want all of God and all of what Christianity had to offer, but I wanted all the world too. And I wanted right. to know where the definitive line was so I could walk just this side of it. And, and here's the problem, Mike. It wasn't a heart and attitude of repentance. It was a heart and attitude of, of worldliness, which I understand because, you know, I was a day old in the Lord. And so mm-hmm. what I would come to find out is that the heart of the Christian isn't to find where the line's at and to walk just this right. side of where something technically becomes sin, but, but just the opposite. Find out where that line is and get as far away from it as you possibly can. But that's a heart of repentance that God develops in us, and he does expect there to be a change in our life, does he not? He does. Why? Why does he expect it? Is it fair for him to expect that? Oh, it's, but it's for our benefit. And what's funny, you were talking about your conversion experience. Everyone's got a different one. And so for some, they grew up in church, and their conversions was just a natural progression in their family tradition or whatnot. And you have some who come from difficult circumstances where it literally took the thought of eternal separation from God and and a little bit of, of being scared for someone to, to make that jump and and to take that leap and, and say, God, I trust you in, in, in this in this moment. And when they do that, they, they do that oh almost out of a fear reaction, like a save myself reaction. And then they gotta think, oh, but oh, and then they, there's the all the other stuff that goes with it. And and you can't think like that. You have to understand that you're you're receiving a, a gift with God. You're re- going into a relationship with Him. He is going to bring you close to Him. He's going to refine your character. And some things are going to hurt, and some things are going to be great. But the thing is, is that you can't. Again, it's that self focus that is so difficult to let go of because, again, we we're selfish human beings, and we and we want what we want. And I think that we have to again make sure that we're our motivations in the right place. Because if you just said, I want to pray a prayer to cover my bases, to not to be able to do what I want and then have my have my afterlife covered, that might be a, not in the way you think it. What is what does repentance look like when you when you think of when you, you know, somebody, you know, G- Jesus shows up and the first words out of his mouth were repent. The kingdom of heaven is at hand. So what right. is what is repentance look like for a nonbeliever? And then what does repentance look like for a believer? Yeah, a non-believer, again, it's God's calling him, calling us to himself, you know, and we fight and we fight and we fight. And there's times that we, you know, some of that, that repentance is just the submission to God said, okay, Lord, I can't do this. Save me, you know, make me like you. So, so, so let me ask you a question. Let, let let me break in there because you just, you brought something in my mind. So, so I'm a non-believer and I'm thinking about, you know, I'm hearing people talk about the gospel, right? And everything. And, but I'm, I'm looking at my life and I'm thinking, well, I'm doing this, I'm doing this, I'm doing this. And I got to give all that up. Wow. That is just way, that is just way too much. Like what, when we talk about repentance for a non-believer, is it is it them taking inventory of every single sin that they're doing in their life and yeah. then saying, okay, gosh, this is just a huge thing. What does it look like for a non-believer in that sense? Because a lot of people think that way. Wow, I got I to gotta li- live a boring life. I mean, what does that mean? Well, again, you have to look at the perspective because, you know, you're talking about what's the difference between sin with believers and non-believers. You know, non-believers are going to sin because they don't know any different. I mean, they're just, you know, what dogs bark, cats meow, sin or sin. I mean, that's just, and again, doesn't excuse them, but it's just that they're lost in, in all kinds of sin. And what they realize is they're, they're thinking about the ones that, that society deems as the worst sins, you know, murder or, or 
bad lifestyles or, or whatever. But the fact of the matter is we're all, before you become a Christian, all of our sin is, is counting against us. And we, and we have no, um, there's without Christ to intervene in our behalf. I mean, even little bitty sins, as we like to say, are ones that condemn us to, to a, a difficult situation. <laughs> and so what you have to understand is that, um, once you receive Christ, you know, you don't be thinking about all things you have to give up. You need to be thinking about the the fact that you are just, you know, it doesn't matter the depth of those sins. You need Christ's forgiveness for even for the little bitty sins. You need Christ's forgiveness for life. Yeah. Hey, I, w- I want to, I want to dig a little bit more into this on the other side of the break. You're listening to Shouts of Grace. We'll be right back. You're listening to Shouts of Grace with Pastor Steve, the radio ministry of Redemption Hill Church in Saratoga Springs, Utah. For more information about Redemption Hill, you can visit our website at rhutah.church. Shouts of Grace Radio is thankful for the encouragement from Key Radio, reaching Utah with the good news of eternal life from their station in Provo, Utah. Now, let's join Pastor Steve for the conclusion of today's conversation. Hey, welcome to the program. Um, Before the break, we were just talking about what repentance looks like for um, a non-believer and what it looks like for a believer. And and Mike, you were kind of kind of digging into that. Let let me let me let me add to what you were saying is, you know, when when Jesus was talking, he said every sin um, committed by a man will be forgiven in this life except for one, the blasphemy of the Holy Spirit, which will not be forgiven in this life or the next. Now, theologically, that's a puzzling thing because you think, okay, wait a minute, every sin can be forgiven, but there's one sin that seems to carry over into eternity that becomes the condemning factor for the sinner, and it's blasphemy of the Holy Spirit. And so, um, Mike, the reason I the reason I bring that up is because I think as as you were talking before the break, a lot of times non-believers think of their whole life and everything that the Bible says is wrong with it. And oh my word, if I'm going to be saved, I just got to I got to repent of every single possible thing. And I think what they're what they're missing is is the fact that all of those things really come from one sin. And the one sin is the rejection of the Holy Spirit's pull on your heart because those things get dealt with from the inside out, right? So the idea first is, if I'm a non-believer, if you're a non-believer and you're listening, your greatest sin against God isn't all of these byproducts of what the bigger sin is. It's the bigger sin that's your problem, and that is you refuse to let God into your life. You refuse to turn over the title deed to your life and say, come in, because when the Holy Spirit takes possession he then starts to deal with all of these other sins as he transforms the mind and the heart rather than you thinking you got to do all that. He does that. But the one thing that he will not do is impose upon your will to accept God so that he can do that, accept the sacrifice of Christ. And so when we talk about repentance for a non-believer, it's not inventorying your life and thinking you got to clean all this stuff up. Right. We're talking about inventorying one thing. Are you a surrendered person to the Lordship of Jesus Christ? And does the Holy Spirit dwell in you? Because if not, that's the one sin that will never be forgiven of you, right? Mm. And so in this life to the non-believer, we would say, 
You need to repent before God for your position of being in rebellion to God, which is seen in all the little things you do. Take place, take care of your position by asking Christ through faith to come and to take your life, and God will take care of the rest. Now, let's say a person is a believer, right? What does repentance look like in this whole idea of sanctification? Like, like you know, if, if, if you know, I, I heard somebody once say, you know, that if I was driving in a car, Mike, you know, and I was about ready to get into a, a car accident and I didn't confess the sin that, that I had done earlier in the morning that, oh, I'm going to die and go to hell, right? What is, what does repentance look like as a believer? Repentance is a, is a crucial in our, uh, again, you use, use the word sanctification, you know, where we are, God is perfecting us and making us more like him uh, while we're here on earth. And, you know, uh, the Lord's prayer, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as is in heaven, which means that we should be, you know, reflecting Christ in our daily life for those, as a testimony for those around us. And so when we repent, I mean, it's like, first of all, we are limiting our ability to be used. We're limiting our, our ability to, to have communion with God. We're, we're limiting the empowerment of God when we're living in sin. And even though, again, our salvation is, you know, that's his work and that's, that's, that's what he's done. But like, I think that we forget that, that God calls us to a lifetime of discipleship, of, of service, of, of being used by him. And again, you can't do that in sin. And I think that that it's important to, again, it, it really, again, comes back to, you've, you alluded to this, whether it's a non-Christian or a Christian, where does our life point? If our life is pointed at us, then we're holding on tight to those sins. We're holding on tight to those lifestyles. We're holding on tight to what we can get away with and all the list of stuff like that. But when our life is pointed to God, again, you begin with the non-Christian who's all about themselves. And you talked about how until you can surrender that and, and accept Christ, you're on the on you're on the bad path, and by the way, no decision is a decision. That's one of, mm-hmm. that's one of the things that that holds up people from coming to faith. But also, you know, as a believer, can you believe in God? Can you pray a prayer and still have your life only point towards you, and not only and 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 just be satisfied with that and miss out on the wonder and the and the and the purpose that God has for us, or are you willing to just make Him the focal point of your life? Right, your decisions and your thoughts through through the Word of God, through through worship, through through your relationship with Him, and let Him guide you. That's a it's a lot of trust, but in the end, it's a life well spent. Yeah, I, I agree with you 100. Uh, percent Going back to something you said um, in in First John chapter one verse six, it says, "If we say we have fellowship with God and we walk in darkness, we lie mm-hmm. and we don't practice the truth." If we walk in the light, as He's in the light, we have fellowship one with another. And the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves. The truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And it's that verse 9 that I think is a key um, to what you said, both with fellowship with God and this idea of repentance. You know, the, the, the word confess in the original language, it means to concede. Mm-hmm. It means to agree with. Right. Right. So he's not just saying, oh, I blew it. Right. You're agreeing with God as to the nature of your sin and conceding that it was it was rebellious and wrong. Right. right? But it's not a it's not a confession that 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 then leads to a life that continues to just walk in darkness. 
while I continue to say I have fellowship with God. The restorative part of that verse is that we have fellowship one with another when we concede and not walk in darkness, or i.e. repent. And so as a Christian, our whole idea is to say, look, I blew it when I blew it. We don't make excuses for it. Mm-mm. We walk in the light. And one of the one of the one of the most dynamic things about confession and walking in the light is we have fellowship one with another based on the fact that God has cleansed us from the unrighteousness. So the the notion is any any fellowship I have with God comes because God has forgiven me because I've responded with confession and repentance and he's responded with cleansing and that those two marriage married together produces sweet fellowship with God where the sinner bows down and realizes if it weren't but by the grace of God, you know, and 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 God is is given an act of grace where he's cleansing us and letting us have fellowship with him, but it does come through repentance. And so in the last couple minutes we have you know, you've you've been in ministry a long time, and so you've seen you've seen this in people's lives. Where you know, in fact, one of the you know in the predominant religion here in Utah, one of the um, one of the the knocks on Christianity, and understandably so, is that well, you guys believe grace is you could just live and do whatever you want to do, um, and and that's not true at all about grace, is it? It's untrue. That's yeah. right. So, what would you say to those people that see a lack of repentance? in Christians, but this idea, I'm saved anyway. Like what, talk about the heart problem in that. Well, you don't understand what sin is and you don't understand what repentance is and you don't understand what grace is because, you know, repentance, you think about, oh my gosh, I don't want want to do that. I mean, it's like a guilty plea. I mean, what what does repentance mean though? It like if you had to define repentance, what would you say it was? Well, I mean, to, for me, my analogy is it's a guilty plea. It's, it's, I'm, I can't do, you know, I'm so, I, I'm, I have wronged. I, I take responsibility for it and I yield to, to God who's going to, who's going to heal me and forgive me and, and move me forward. And again, I don't bring any, that's a, I'm bankrupt in that situation. I don't bring anything to that, to that situation, but my sin. So it's a mind change. Yes, it yeah. is. And so what happens is when people don't want to do that, they, they're kind of missed the point because, you know, if someone can cure you, why would you avoid that? If someone can forgive you and help you and move you forward, why would you? That, that's that's what I think of repentance is because when we think about it, it is we're going to get like a, a hand slap or we're going to get some kind of, you know, put in time out or something like that. When, when God is like, no, I just give that to me. I can, if you will come to me and you feel be accountable and you'll understand what it is you're saying to me, you know, you're, when you repent, you're not saying, oh, sorry. You're saying you understand the transgression you understand that you've trans trans um, that you have um, that you're out of favor with God, and you want to restore that, and 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 you want to walk in that path of restoration. Yeah. And God forgives that, not only forgives that and cures that, helps us, but again, that's the pathway to a deeper relationship with Him. And you know, those people that want to just sin and and go to heaven, they miss the point. They miss the, the they don't understand what sin is. They don't understand what repentance is and they don't, they just kind of do lip service and that's not going to get it done. Yeah. A hundred percent. You know, there's two types of sorrow. Paul mentions in second Corinthians chapter four, he said, there's a worldly sorrow and a godly sorrow. He said, the godly sorrow produces repentance, which leads to salvation. The worldly Mm. sorrow produces death. Uh, If a child, if my child knows he's getting busted, he'll say he's sorry. 
but it's different when my child comes up to me and says, I need to tell you something I did. There's, there's a sorrow that's, that grabs the, grabs the depths of his soul. And he realizes, man, I've, I've, I've hurt my father. And so, so, you know, when, when true repentance is really enveloped, it's built in this godly sorrow that doesn't, uh, that doesn't want to sin anymore, regardless of whether they try to navigate through that. Hey, listen, we're 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 out of time for this episode, man. We want to thank you so much for joining us, and look forward to the next time we get together here on Shouts of Grace. God bless you. Have yourself an amazing week. Thank you for joining us on today's episode of Shouts of Grace Radio, practical conversations from God's Word, hosted by Pastor Steve Pearson. We hope that you have been encouraged to see the Bible as God's source of truth for everyday life and grace as the foundation for a genuine relationship with God. If today's conversation encouraged you in your journey following and learning more about Jesus, we would love to hear from you. You can visit us online at shoutsofgraceradio.com. At shoutsofgraceradio.com, you can listen to all of our episodes, share them online with your friends, and find out more about Pastor Steve. Shouts of Grace is an outreach of Redemption Hill Church in Saratoga Springs, Utah. Thank you again for joining us on today's show. And from all of us at Shouts of Grace, it is our prayer that you would grow in the grace and knowledge of Jesus Christ. Shouts of Grace.